Hello, Chicago. You're listening to WDRV The Drive, and I'm afraid I've got some heavy news to lay on you tonight. I know it's been chaos out there tonight from the fires to the riot, but it seems like something tragic has slipped through the cracks. Ken Valentine, beloved record producer and music industry legend, is dead at 55. He was in town celebrating his birthday today when the police suspect he crossed paths with a beloved friend who had murderous intentions. The Chicago PD are on the scene. We've got reports that they apprehended the rap artist known as DJ Flowright as he was fleeing, though no arrest has been made. Last we heard, a gunshot was reported emanating from the building. We've got the traffic chopper in the area, and we're taking you there for a breaking report. Johnny, you're coming at us live from the Heaven's Limelight. Welcome to Murder Mystery Night, the podcast, brought to you by Johnny Scott's Comics and Games, located at 1703 East Main Street, Kent, Ohio. I am your host, Riley E. Walton, and here to introduce themselves in order of how much they suspect Tony did it, are your players. Hi, I'm Benjamin S. Lambert. I play Steel Harding, my favorite good boy. Uh, my name is Mihaela Whitecloud, and I play Molly Silvers, the Disco Queen, though I don't really know how long that's going to last. We might die. I'm Max Lazanich. I play DJ Flowright or Kevin Flondell. My name is Yasir Pope, and I am most likely going to die. But we're uh, optimistic. When last we left, the intrepid detective Zoe Nemo had lined up her main suspects consisting of Molly Silvers, Lola Valentine, Tony the Bartender, and Steel Harding. As she made her way down the line, interrogating each in turn, she came to Tony the Bartender, asked him to remove his apron, and was shot dead by an unknown assailant. Gunsmoke fills the air. The disco lights continue to burn. And on the ground lays the dead detective, Zoe Nemo. The assailant lowers the gun slowly and utters in shock to the rest of the room. I, I didn't want to hurt anybody. Put the gun down, Tony. Uh, I, it wasn't... I, I didn't want to hurt anybody. The officers around the room begin to raise their guns and point them at Tony the bartender. Listen, if you want to stay alive, put the gun down. Suddenly, a second shot comes ringing out in the ballroom. Tony clutches his shoulder in pain, blood dripping out. All the faces in the room turn to see who's holding the second gun, except for one officer who can't seem to find his gun in his holster. This was the officer who was assigned to watch Lola Valentine. How did she get out of her handcuffs? Lola turns to you with a demeaning look on her face. Well, you know, darling... I did used to date a magician. Used to? Another shot rings out. And Tony lies dead on the dance floor. 
Seeing the scene that's unfolding before them, the police officers who no longer wait and begin shooting openly into the room. As the hail of gunfire rains down, y'all, tell me what you're doing. I've ducked, pulling Molly down to the ground with me. I get on the floor to avoid the hail of gunfire everywhere. Uh, Steel Harding's gonna do some stupid shit. Um, <laughs> as, as is his nature. Kind of seeing the chaos going around and the high potential for collateral damage. I'm just going to turn to the nearest officer. What the fuck are you doing? There are people here, civilians. People who are gonna get caught in the crossfire. This isn't- Hands behind your head, now! Fuck you. Can you tell me what your vigor is? One. The officer pistol whips you across the face for 13 damage, uh, bringing you down to- Seven. You hit the floor. Max, you are with your wife. DJ Flo, right? You are in the back of the room near the kitchen door. And Steel Harding, you are in the center of the dance floor. As the bullets fly above your heads, Max and Molly, I want to know what you guys are thinking. I am resisting the urge to scream out of my mind, but I'm also immediately looking for where the hell did Lola go? Lola is taking cover behind the bar. If you wanted to escape out the kitchen, you would have to go past her. Can I find a way to stay low to the ground and make my way towards her? You can crawl. I will crawl. Alright. You crawl over to Lola Valentine. Max, your wife is crawling away from you in the middle of a firefight. What are you doing? Uh, I look at my wife as she crawls away and I have no choice but to follow her as our lives are clearly in danger. DJ Flowright, you are closest to an exit but you are also closest to the murderess. What are you doing? Am I able to politely ask her to move so I can leave? <laughs> no. Fucking, I guess. <laughs> Is that legitimately what you want to do? Sure. This is the best approach. Okay. I love this. Uh, this finale is wild. If, if you could just, um, to the side. Her stiletto heel comes crashing down on your head. That's pretty good. Dealing six damage. You are now at 14. Ow. Are you gonna try something different? Um, uh, I look around. What am I, what can I, like, see? You are behind the bar. You can see Lola, some bottles of whiskey, and you get the sense that if you don't do something this exact second, something terrible is gonna happen to you. I take out my switchblade, which I have in my inventory, and I stab it into Lola's calf. You stab the hell out of that calf. Lola screams out in pain, drops her pistol, and falls to the floor. DJ Flowright, are you taking this chance to turn the tide or are you taking this chance to escape? I would like to run away. You run back into the kitchen. Meanwhile, Molly and Max, you're crawling towards the scene as you've just seen Lola scream out in pain and fall to the ground. You round the corner of the bar and you can see her on the ground bleeding out of her calf. She also sees you and reaches for the gun. There is no way in hell I'm gonna let you hurt him. And go. then I am immediately going to dash and put myself in front of Max and I'm gonna try and grab the gun from her first. What are you doing? Stop. As you launch yourself towards the gun, Lola does as well, and she just barely misses it. Molly Silvers, you have grabbed the gun, and we're gonna cut away to Steel. Steel, you're on the floor. You were being attacked by a cop, although the shooting has seemed to stop. Uh, at this point, you can see that the doorman is lying dead, as is the woman that fell over Ken's body initially, and the wounded include the waiter from earlier. 
I'm going to try to slowly crawl to my feet, and uh, I'm not necessarily super well-educated or super well-equipped for the situation. It seems like the gunfire's died down, and I'm not in critical condition or anything, so I'm just going to go to the nearest wounded person and check their pulse and try to help, I guess. You slowly make your way over to Stephen, the waiter. Stephen is lying on the ground, clutching his abdomen. He's been shot. He's crying out in pain. Steel, what are you going to do? I uh, gently kneel next to him, like up near the head, um, and I say, hey, you need to stop calling out. You're going to raise your blood pressure. It's going to make you bleed faster. The calmer you are, the slower you'll bleed, and that'll let me help you, okay? Oh, okay. I uh, rip my shirt off, revealing my beautiful abs, and I use it to apply pressure to the wound on the abdomen. You do this. Meanwhile... Behind the bar, Molly, you are now holding the gun. Please, please, don't. Can't you understand? I just, I had so much promised to me, and that man took it away from me. Molly's face remains absolutely placid as she raises the gun and points it at Lola. Are you going to stand up? Yes. As you make your way to the feet, the officers in the room notice a second woman with a second gun. Stay where you are! Don't shoot! Put your hands in the air! Drop the gun! A million different orders come screaming at you, Molly. Max, you're right below her. I observe the situation and quickly pull my wife down. You pull your wife down and she hits the floor. She gets the wind knocked out of her. She's not gonna be able to stand up for a second. The gun is falling to the ground. You see it, Lola sees it, but it hits the ground before either of you can grab it. And it goes off shooting out into the bar, starting up the firefight once again. And back on the dance floor, the hail of bullets has started back up again. Steel Harding, you are crouching over Stephen LaPrince, trying to protect yourself from the gunfire. You're thinking maybe you're a bit too out in the open. However, there's only one place with any cover that you can think of, and that's behind the bar. You could try to make it up to the pyramid room, but that's the direction the bullets are going, and it's guarded by more officers. Or you could try to make it out the front door. Uh, for clarification, are bullets heading towards the bar because that's where the original gunfire is coming from? Boy, there's some. <laughs> All right. Um, Most bullets are going wherever the fuck they choose. How, yeah. <laughs> um, if you had to guess, how close am I to the bar? You are equidistant from the bar and the main exit slash entrance. You were in the middle of the dance floor when this happened. My priority right now is the injured. Um, specifically, Stephen, are there any other injured people between me and the main exit? You know, it's funny you should ask that, because you've got an old friend at this party, and we haven't checked in with her in quite a while. Stacy Bush has been shot twice. Damn. Mm -hmm. Once in her arm, and once in her leg. The survivor that she is, she's still trying to crawl towards the door, but looking on, you can tell she's not going to make it. The only thing in between you and her is one officer. First, look at Stephen LaPrince. Does it look like he's going to be okay on the ground right there with the pressure applied and all that? I want to make sure he'll be relatively fine if I leave him for the moment. It doesn't look like he's going to be okay no matter what you do. Ah, he's a really overweight man. He's at the end of middle age, mm -hmm. and he has been shot in the abdomen. All right, so the cop's not looking at me by the door? Looking at Stacy. Uh, there are two cops in front of the door. They're looking everywhere. There is one cop in between you and Stacy, and he is looking at the bar behind you. 
I want to sneak around the police officer to get to Stacy, um, and I want to, once I'm there, just put myself between her and the cops at the exit. You got it. It's a 15. Uh, you make your way past the first officer. You put your hand over Stacy as she's trying to crawl away. She looks up. She sees you shirtless and covered in somebody else's blood, but she's nobody to blame. You put yourself in between her and the officers. Molly, Max, that gun has not been very helpful for you. Lola is reaching for it as we speak. Are you going to make your way towards the exit, or are you going to continue this Benny Hill sketch that you have found yourself in? In fear that she's going to shoot either Max or myself, I'm going to lunge again for the gun and try and grab it before her. You miss. Lola grabs the gun. She points the gun at Molly, but only because she's standing in front of Max. As Lola's brandishing the weapon, she tells you, Do you know what it takes to send two different men to their death? To get the fox glove into this region? To find a man dumb enough and close enough to my husband to sneak it into his drink, even though anybody with half a brain would know that he could still taste it? That bitter drink and that sweet poison? It was up to the gods which one of them would win in a fight and thank them that that explosion happened to cover up the sound. And then to kill Tony in front of all these people all for a business that should have been mine. For money and power and recognition that should have been mine that was promised to me since I was a child. And you, she brandishes the gun back at Max, and he gave it all to some bum fuck from Missouri. You can say whatever the hell you want, Lola. This is over. You can shoot me if you want. If that makes you happy, sure. It does. And as she turns the gun back on you and cocks the hammer, out from the kitchen bursts DJ Flowright. I have a frying pan in my hand and I go, wham, and I try to hit Lola. The frying pan comes crashing down on Lola's skull, sending her crashing to the ground. She drops the gun. I pick up the gun. I look at Lola and say, I'm from fucking Corvallis, Oregon, bitch. The shooting on the dance floor has become a little bit haphazard, but hearing that other gunshot, they all turn back to the bar. DJ Flowright, uh, what are you doing? This is the first time you've had guns actively pointed at you. Um, I make a break for the kitchen, like the exit. I will also make a break for the exit. Molly, I'm sorry. When I get in the threshold of that doorway and I fully register what Max just said to me, I'm going to turn back and I'm going to look at him and I'm going to try and like motion for him and I'll say, Max, please, you can still get out with us. It's all right. Come on. DJ. Man, that sucks for them. DJ Flo right, you continue towards the door. Steel, from your vantage point on the ground, you can see the officers closing in around a man who you have had a lot of troubles with. The officers standing by the doorway leave it, and the other officers also rush towards the bar, brandishing their weapons. Maximus, you're pointing your gun straight at them. The firefight hasn't picked back up just yet. It's down to whoever shoots first. I hand Stacy my pack of cigarettes and say, I know it's not much, but uh, bolt into the middle of the dance floor between where Max has his gun pointed and where the cops have their guns pointed. I want to look at Max and say very quietly to him, you have so much going for you. Maximus Rust, blind in one eye. Best friend lying dead on the dance floor, not the man you thought he was, and having had so many people, 
die in his wake. On the, f on the dance floor sit the two people that murdered him. In the doorway to the only exit stands your wife, begging for you to follow her. And out the back door slips the only man who knows how to escape. Meanwhile, in front of you is a man who you once considered your enemy, now putting himself between you and the Chicago PD in an attempt to save your life. You hold the gun, Max. You hold the power. What are you going to do with it? Don't any of you understand? It was never about the money or the fame. Drop the weapon! Hey, look at you, still, still worried about what's in my hand rather than that entire aspect of this situation. Put your hands in the air! Fuck you! Fuck you! I'm Maximus Russ. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know why I'm here? You have to the count of three! Or what? Listen to me. Look at all the people on the ground. Look how many people are on the ground. More than three. You... This is your last chance, both of you, on the ground! You've killed more people than the murderers here. While still is talking, I drop the gun and quickly run to Molly, pulling her hand, and we run out of the exit. Chicago police, supposed to protect the innocent. The Chicago Police Department opens fire. Bullets riddle the body of Steel Harding as he comes crashing to the ground. The last thing he sees is the front door to the Heaven's Limelight being swung open by Stacy Bush as she makes it outside to safety. Behind him, Past the doors run DJ Flowright, Molly Silvers, and Maximus Rust. They each make it out into the dumpster area behind the Heaven's Limelight, and they can see their clear path to escape. They can also see the news choppers and police choppers circling overhead, and the members of the press that have dogged them so much their entire lives are watching them even now. Come on, I got, I got a Hyundai if you guys want a lift. It's, it's right there. Show us the way. I race towards my wonderful little beater car. The three of you all make it over the dumpster, the trash compactor in the wall, and start running off towards DJ Flowright's car. You're running behind the club, away from the press and police out front. The only people who can see you now are the choppers overhead, <clears throat> including the police choppers and the traffic chopper for WDRV The Drive. I can't believe I left him. Wait, uh, who did you leave behind? Who do you think? There was a bar full of dead people. You're gonna have to be a little more specific right now. I left Steel. He, he came over, he tried to talk me down, but there was no time left, because I was still just, I was so out of it seeing red. I. It was you, it was you saying please that snapped me out of it and I ran to the exit. I'm not blaming it on you, but. I don't think you quite realize how many people have just flat died tonight. People we didn't even know. People I, I knew in passing, and you're just going to throw that off. I need time to think. After this is over, I need to be alone. Fine, fine. I've tried to be here for you. I tried to talk to Ken. I, I'm done. I'm done. After this car ride, I hope we make it out. You, you, you will see the last of me. As this argument is happening, DJ Flowright, you reach your car. The other two are only a couple steps behind you, but the urgency has seemed to leave them. You unlock your car, you get in. Come on, guys, if you don't hurry up, I'm going without you. Molly's face lights with just complete shock and hurt and anguish. And she looks at you and she smiles. You know, it's funny because <laughs> I did love you once. Not so much now. The three of you pile into the car, 
and DJ Flowright, you begin driving away, starting your escape. Unfortunately, you do have to drive past the front of the Heaven's Limelight, and there you can see the police and the media hassling Stacy Bush. She's covered in somebody else's blood, as well as her own, because she has been shot twice, and she is being hounded by the media and by the police. Are you going to slow down the car? Are you going to give her a chance to get inside? Uh, yeah, I slow the car down to allow Stacy a chance to get inside. Max, you can see what's happening. Stacy, who's been shot twice, she trips and she falls. She can't run to the car. The media and the police are closing in on her. You look over to your wife. There's nothing keeping you here. What are you going to do? Molly, I'm sorry. You deserve way better than what I gave you. I let the fame, the fortune, my success overshadow my love for you. I let the ego overtake the passion that once fueled me every day when I looked at you. I jump out of the car. I run, sprinting towards Stacy. I pick her up, and I put one arm over my shoulder, and I'm jogging back as fast as I can. I'm out of breath. As you make your way back to the car, the doors of the nightclub swing open, and a couple of officers step outside. There he is, they shout in front of the media and the police. That's the guy that killed Ken Valentine. As the door opens and Molly reaches her hand out for Stacy, the last breath I take prompts my last action as I push her forward. She falls into the arms of Molly. The heaven's limelight and the world around it fades from your view. Stacey Bush has made her way into the car. The door slams shut behind her, and DJ Florite drives off into the distance. Molly starts to uh, pull Stacy to her and try tending to her wounds, um, trying to see through uh, tear-blurred vision, understanding that the words she just said to her husband were the very last words she said. And as those thoughts fill your mind, sunlight begins to fill the Chicago streets. DJ Flowright, you make your way as fast as you can to the outskirts of the city before you realize nobody's following. They all got the guy that they thought did it. You drive past the burnt wreckage at Comiskey Park. You drive past a couple broken windows from the rioters that spilled out. The city that you saw so much promise in, it seems like is burnt to the ground. You consider your lot in life and how quickly it can change. To drown out these thoughts, you turn on the radio and listen to the smooth, soothing sounds of WDRV The Drive. Well, Chicago, I can see those first rays of sunshine peeking in over the skyline. So it must be that time again. Time again to leave you, but not forever, no. See, they say there's got to be a morning after, but I much prefer the night. That's why I'll be back tonight with all your favorites. Same as last night, same as tomorrow. I'm not going anywhere, and neither is that disco sound. Not with the word on the streets being that legendary disco actress and disco lover Molly Silvers has inherited Valentine Records after the deaths of suspected murderers Lola Valentine and Maximus Rust, Molly's own late husband. Their commotion at the Heaven's Limelight also claimed the life of famed pornographic actor Steel Harding in a heroic standoff with an as-of-yet unknown gunman. Though before I go, I must apologize for the blame I laid at the feet of DJ Flowright earlier tonight. 
from one disc jockey to another. I'm sure the most killer thing about you is your sound. And while I may not know what the future holds, I know it's got to have a place for that sound I love. Disco ain't dead, babies. Not quite yet. I'm signing off. And thus the music ends on the epic of Death by Disco. Once again, I have been your host, Riley E. Walton. You can find me at the Faker Walton on Twitter. My name is Yasir Pope, and I played Maximus Rust. You can find me on Instagram at Yasir P with two underscores. Hello, I am the Halo White Cloud. I played Molly Silvers. Thanks, guys, for having me. Um, you can find me on Discord at Mahala.wit, or you can find me on Instagram under Menfea. Hey, I'm Max, and I played DJ Flowright. You can find me on Instagram at Centrilux. at C-E-N-T-R-I-A-L-U-X. I've been Benjamin Lambert. I played Steel Harding. I'm not currently on social media, but I am managing our collective social media at Murder Mystery Night Podcasts on Instagram. If you want to reach out, feel free to slide into our DMs. And once again, we have been Murder Mystery Night, the podcast, brought to you by Johnny Scott's Comics and Games, located at... 1703 East Main Street, Kent, Ohio. Our cover art is by Stephen T. Evans, and our music is by Max Lozanich. Be sure to join us in two weeks' time as we delve into another exciting mystery. Two hundred nautical miles off the coast of New York City, the world's greatest supervillains have gathered on New Year's Eve, 1999, to auction off the greatest weapon ever created in the end of history. Everyone has their secret. What's yours?